Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is my fiance carol how you doing today carol hey what's up how much it's been a good week here it is may 23rd 1998 and my birthday marches <sighs> closer every day you just you 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 ruined my reveal is this is the birthday episode carol the birthday episode <laughs> Yeah, this is the last episode we're doing before your birthday. So happy, happy birthday. Well, thank you, darling. Carol. It would have been a happier birthday if I hadn't had to watch this piece of shit. Well, spoilers. Um, <laughs> you'll get your birthday spankings later. Um, and it will be, I don't know, a number or a different number. Sure. Because <laughs> it's one for each year you are aged, right? Um, is yeah. that traditional? I believe so. You know what else is traditional? What? Singers on TV shows becoming famous. Mm, I don't know about that. Allie McBeal's singer welcomes fame, Carol. A year ago, Vonda Shepard was slogging through a New York City rainstorm, lugging her portable keyboard under one arm to play a crowd of about 35 people. That song she played? Smelly Cat. Uh, these days, Shepard is performing club and theater dates for thousands who have gotten to know her through her high-profile role as blonde pianist in the Boston yuppie bar frequented by the cast of Fox's Alley McBeal, which has a weekly audience of about 10 million. Well, good for her. Quote, I've been around for a long time, says singer-songwriter Shepard, who started playing Los Angeles clubs as a teenager. It's been a long road. Her first break came at the age of 19 when Ricky Lee Jones asked her to play keyboard and sing at backup vocals with her touring band. Since Do you know I, who Ricky Lee Jones is? Not at all. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't sound like a big break to me. <laughs> uh, since then, she's released three solo albums, Fonda Shepard, It's Good Eve, and Radical Light. Uh, she is going to be at Clutch Cargoes. The Clutch. Now, she does she does smelly cat like like no, Phoebe. No, she doesn't. That was a joke. Oh. Oh, well, what the hell? I was joking because just like, you know, she's blonde and a singer-songwriter playing for a very small group of people. It's, you know. Gotcha. Smelly cat. Smelly cat. I don't. I, I was gonna say we should go here if she was gonna do Smelly Cat, but since she's not, then I guess we can skip it. Sad news this week, Carol. Hmm. Last week, legend, legend of the game, Francis Albert Sinatra, dead at eighty-two years old. That's a ripe old age, though. I yeah. know. I know you're sad. It's but. good innings, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, he doesn't feel so young now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ah, uh, you make me feel so young. Um, you know, I can do a perfect Frank Sinatra impression, but only one lyric <laughs> <this> song. <laughs> okay. You ever hear the song, uh, Somewhere in your heart, try and find a place for me. You know that song? No. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this one part where he goes... <clears throat> One little corner. 
how he says corner. Because he's from, you know, fucking uh, New Jersey. Okay. One little corner may not mean so much to you. And then, then I lose it. One little corner would be enough to see me through. Uh, and he'll be uh, moonlighting at the uh, lounge this weekend. I'll be opening for at Clutch Cargos for Smelly Cat. Sure. Um, how about this? Mike Floyd. You know who Mike Floyd is? We've, we've, we've talked about him a couple times. No. From the Detroit for Press. He's the game guy. Okay. Um, game guy, yeah. Mike Floyd. I'm not a fan. Racing game leaves others in dust. Game. Gran, not grand, Gran Turismo hmm. for the PlayStation. Are you ready for some real racing? PlayStation fans? I'm not talking about some goofy arcade style romp. I mean, some real as it gets. Adrenaline pumping action. Oh my God. Then go out and get Sony's Gran Turismo, a blockbuster new racing simulation that leaves much of the competition in a cloud of tire smoke. Have you played Gran Turismo? No, but I hate racing games. The only racing game I kind of like is, um, you know, the the donkey. Not the, what's it called? What the? It's the Mario racing one. I have no idea what you're talking about. There's like a Rainbow Road. <laughs> what? Are you referring to Mario Kart? Yes. Okay. And then you can shoot people with like. You know, turtle shells, and you can leave bananas in the road. And see, that's my kind of racing game where it's uh-huh. cute and and not very serious. But when they get real, like I just get freaked out and I have accidents. And even in real life, like when we went um, go karting, sure, I I ran into the tires a bunch of times, and they had to like drive my go kart back for me because I couldn't do it. Yeah, I remember Mario Kart. Uh decent game. Um, but I think the greatest game of all time is well, the greatest racing game of all time. There's two tied for one A and one B. Okay. Rad Racer. Okay. And RC Pro-Am. I have not heard of either one of those games. Oh, Rad Racer is awesome. Is it a Nintendo game? It is. And so is RC Pro-Am. You know how I know that? No. Because you never have gotten much beyond Nintendo games. Come on, I play PlayStation. <laughs> I play PlayStation. I played Gran Turismo. Right. I like racing games. Ugh. It's fine. Gran Turismo is fine. What's boring about it? It's not real. I know. It yeah, doesn't yeah. seem real. It's not as good as playing Civilization. Exactly. Or uh, Mist. Right. Or, I don't know, D&D. Hey, D and D is the best. Oh okay? yeah, but it's not real. <sighs> but I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not pretending to do. Like, it'd be like I don't what? know. Wait, 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 what were you just about to say that you're not pretending to do during D and D? Real things. That's no driving and racing are real things. Okay, so's walking. Uh huh. You do that in D and D. Not really. <laughs> so's getting an ale. So it's hitting on a wench. I don't know about all that. You don't do sex stuff in D&D? No. Oh, people do though, right? I've heard of some groups, but no. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, speaking of sex stuff, um, they're bringing back the Ed Sullivan show. 
What in the fuck? No, look at this image and tell me that does does is that not the thing of nightmares? Yeah. A virtual Ed Sullivan. And and like a dude hanging from the ceiling with another dude holding him behind him, like he's like doing stuff to him probably. Like What I the don't fuck like are you it. talking about? <laughs> The whole thing that's happening next to Virtual yeah, Ed Sullivan. Yeah. They're brothers, by the way. Um, and they're doing a Cirque du Soleil uh, thing. Well, that's, but this is what I'm talking about. This fucking horror show of a Virtual Ed Sullivan performed by in, Impressionist John Boy, Byer. All of it's bad. All of it's nightmare fuel. How? It's got to be the easiest thing to be an Ed Sullivan impersonator. Sure. Ooh, Why? We get a really big chew. I don't know, because I wasn't there, Grandpa. Got a really big shoe, Tupu, Jiju. Ah, tribute, new variety show, return Ed Sullivan to TV. Look at this. Tribute, new variety show, return Ed Sullivan to TV. (laughs) What the fuck? Did a hologram write that uh, fucking headline? What is happening? Is he high? Uh, Old Stone Face is back. And as Ed Sullivan might have said... Here's two really big shoes. Uh, well, actually, only one of them features the real Ed Sullivan. Okay. Uh, so it's a rerun then, I guess, because he's dead. Uh, a really big show, Ed Sullivan's 50th anniversary at 10 p.m. tonight on CBS, is a lively flashback tribute to the unforgettably awkward maestro of acrobatics, animal acts, plate spinners, singers, and dancers. Weird. The other sillier Sullivan, a fake Ola computer graphics ed, voiced by Sullivan comic impressionist John Biner, is a prefabricated host for the virtual Ed Sullivan show that on UPN. So that sounds fucking awful. Yes. Yes, it does. Featured on the awful show. Uh, let's see. Juggling, flying, Karamazov brothers, ventriloquist Jeff... Dunham and the Tap Dogs Dance Troupe. Yeah, none of that's good. Oh my god. I've never even heard of any of it. Mm-mm. Really big shoe. <laughs> uh, what about Renewal Boogaloo? <laughs> what? It's just the way that Mike Duffy talks. Um, the USA Network has given the green light to another season for La Femme Nikita. And silk stockings. Well, my friend Heather will be very happy that LaFemme Nikita got another season because she's very into it. I thought you were going to say she was into silk stockings. Nobody's into silk silk stockings. Uh, And um, Pacific Blue. I don't know that show at all. Yeah. Do you? Okay. What, Pacific Blue? Yeah, it's like a cop show. Nice. Uh, Martin Short recently signed with King World, the Oprah Winfrey show, to host a syndicated late night talk show that's still in the planning stages. What's next? Now that Seinfeld is finally finished, by the way, last last episode of Seinfeld, mm. uh, saying so long NBC announces Jerry's sitcom replacement today. It's going to be Just Shoot Me. Okay. At least they're replacing it with another sitcom because I love sitcoms. Does it say what Just Shoot Me's about? Uh yeah, it's it's been on the air. So what? What? Oh, are you are you unfamiliar? Are you unfamiliar with Just Shoot Me? I don't know. I don't remember it. You don't. 
Mm-mm. It's a Laura San Giacomo. Okay, I kind of remember her. It premiered last season. Okay, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. It premiered last season. It the she's uh uh she works in a, a magazine, like a a magazine, and um the wife from Dream On, the ex wife from Dream On, is on there. Okay, Wendy Malik, I think her name is. She's hilarious, and David Spade. I like David Spade. No, well, that's what Mike Duffy says. Finch rules. Okay, psychic fair. Yes, I thought we would finish out today. Don't read ahead. <laughs> I thought we would finish out today with some fun. So there's today's quiz, and then there's horoscopes. Now, it is your birthday, so I thought we would do some horoscopes. But first of all, your, birth, your birthday quiz. This date in history. On this date in 1642, what city was founded? Mexico City, Montreal, San Diego, or St. Augustine? 1642. Uh, St. Augustine. Ooh, Montreal. Uh. In 1897, a public reading of Dracula was held where? Uh, Britain, Hungary, Pennsylvania, Albania, Romania, or Transylvania? Romania? Uh, Nope, in London. Damn it. In 1951, the United Nations moved out of its temporary headquarters in Lake Geneva, Placid, or Success. Geneva. Lake Success. God dang it. And finally, in 1980, <laughs> the Mount St. Helens volcano exploded in what state is California. It? No, Washington. No, California. Uh, <laughs> one of those is correct. Washington. Yes. Yay. I, I got didn't one. Even, I didn't even, California wasn't one of the choices. I, t- <laughs> I didn't even need to read the choices. You got it. Washington, correct. I knew something. Now, horoscope time. Yay, I love horoscopes. You are a Gemini. Correct. A contest of wills is your creative inspiration. Give love a second chance. Ooh. You need to give love a second chance here, Carol? Uh Uh-oh. You're Uh falling out of love? No, not at all. Okay. A contest of wills. Yeah, Mm. a contest of wills is your creative inspiration, so that's probably us. You want to hear mine? A bargain catches your eye. (laughs) What kind of fucking third-rate horoscopes are these? Right. A bargain catches your eye. (laughs) All right, awesome. Thanks. Going to find some on-sale sunglasses. <laughs> Going for that very literal. Well, you know what was a bargain? Hmm. Or what wasn't a bargain? What? Our tickets for the movie this week. <sighs> no, we should have demanded a refund. By the way, real quick, uh, sorry to talk about sports, everyone. This movie's about sports. Also, sorry to talk about sports real quick, but congratulations to the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings, my Red Wings. Power driving, aiming high. Red wings, my red wings. Oh my God, what the fuck is Come happening? on, wings. Let's fly. They won the Stanley Cup, Lord Stanley's Cup. Yes. Second year in a row. Congratulations to the Detroit Red Wings. Very exciting. Sorry to talk about sports. Everyone. Every time I hear Red Wings, I think about a period pad. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus That's Christ. not very sports-like, is it? <laughs> Wow. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. We watched a film Meh. 
called He Got Game. And let me tell you something, Carol. Mm-hmm. This film was as good as the grammar of its title. <laughs> Denzel Washington disappointed me. Oh, Denzel. You didn't like him? I mean, no. <laughs> I don't think... I. The fault of this movie, I don't think, lies with Denzel. I'm just disappointed in him for doing this movie. Oh, well, here's the thing. So, in, in case you're unawares, uh, He Got Game is Spike Lee's new joint. Uh, and that's what he calls him. Yeah, Sp- you need that to enjoy this movie. Spike Lee joint. Um, and it stars Denzel Washington, Mila Djokovic, and I'm... Mila Chokovich. No, um, Chokovich. <laughs> uh, and Ray Allen, NBA player Ray Allen, and others. Uh, what was Lala's name? Oh yeah, yeah, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, she's cute. Yeah, she's cute. Remember, she was in Kids mm-hmm. like three years ago. I remember. Um. But yeah, so that's the cast. Good cast. Spike Lee has done good things. Good movies. Do the right thing. Uh, You know, Malcolm X, that stuff. So what do you think it is? The script? No, I think it's Spike Lee. I think it's 100% the direction. I think what breaks this movie and makes it awful is the direction. Okay. So I'm going to fill you in on a few things you probably don't know. Spike Lee's from New York. Okay. Spike Lee is famously a very big fan of the New York Knickerbockers basketball team. Okay. He's at the home games all the time, sitting courtside, John with with rival players and everything. So he's a, he's an NBA super fan and spe- specifically a New York Knicks super fan. And he knows a lot about the city of New York because he's from there. Sure. All of that is very infused into this movie. This movie reminds me of like, did you ever, you ever in school have someone do a report and it was very clear, like the you know, teacher's like, okay, you just need to do a two page report, uh, come up and do the, read the report, uh, you know, like five minutes or whatever. And it's clear that this dude got way into the subject and goes on for like 15 minutes with slides and like visual cues and like just like all this stuff. That's what this movie is. Okay. This movie is Spike Lee's fandom on overload. And the problem is this movie directed by somebody else could have actually been really great. Yes. The idea behind the movie, the central conflict, the idea of what, athletes go through as they're being recruited all those things have a lot of themes a lot of interesting ideas to mine the uh the relationship between the father and the son tons of great stuff there spike lee's fandom doesn't enhance this film it kills it it chokes it and it turns into sports talk the movie where there's just a bunch of sports cliches being spit out. And then we have cameos from everybody. George Carl, uh, freaking um, 
the guy from Kansas, Roy, uh, what's his name? Like, uh, all of, like, just Reggie Miller's in here, uh, uh, Mar- or, uh, Michael Jordan's in here. Anybody he could get to be in this movie is in this movie, and there's just cameo after cameo after cameo after cameo. And it's gratuitous and it's dumb because they're not even in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like they'll they'll have a scene and then they'll cut to like like it's supposed to be artistic, but they'll cut to like just one of the basketball. This is the most important th- moment in your life. This is the most important and like all these different cameos. This is the most important decision of your life, and it's like. This is doing nothing for the movie. No. It, it's, it destroys the pacing of the film. It, it completely destroys the pace of the film, any kind of narrative flow in the film. And that's the problem. The problem is the artistry. It's, this is try too hard oh the movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's awful. Like, just, I mean, it lost me in the very beginning because there's way too many sh- scenes of just like dudes playing basketball to music in slow motion. Yeah. Like no. I don't care about sports. Mhm. And if I have to watch it, I want to watch it fast. Yeah. I don't want to watch it in this like slow loving way like that it's not even basketball. Here's the thing too. We're coming at this from two different perspectives. Yeah. You're not a sports fan at all. Basketball is my favorite sport. I didn't know that about you. Yes. I thought it was football. No, basketball is my favorite sport. Interesting. And I hated this. We both hated this. <laughs> it's a very for, bad movie. For different reasons. Like I said, this it's trying too hard. There are so many... There are some sporadically interesting shots. When Lala's on the phone... With Jesus, that's Jesus Shuttlesworth, which is a good name, you know, uh, but she's on the phone with him and it's shot super close. It's just her face, right? And then we see the hand come up behind her and everything. We know she's with somebody else. Like, that's an interesting shot. It has some dynamism. It it allows for a reveal. Kind of, because we don't even know who it is she's with. Yeah, but we kind of figure it out in through context and then later in the movie, obviously, yeah. we figure it out. But... Um, but so it's an interesting shot, right? But there's too many shots like that when they're completely unnecessary. And like you said, there's too many like slow motion, um, and montages Mm -hmm. that completely kill the pace of the film. And there's so much sex that doesn't need to be like so much specifically in one part of the film, like the beginning is fairly sex-free. The end of the film is fairly sex-free. But there's a point right in the middle with Rick Fox, another cameo for no reason. Rick Fox is actually a decent actor, though. Hmm. He was pretty good in his his role as, like, the guy that takes him to Tech University. Stupidest names, by the way. Is that where he gets the uh, threesome? Yes. Yeah, and and I don't love at all how this movie is portraying white women, like specifically like, oh, white women are whores. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got white bitches lined up to give you head when you get there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I didn't enjoy that at all. Well, that's like, so, yeah, that to me, that kind of plays into like, a, uh, I don't want to get into it racially. I don't want to get into it. But to me, it plays into like a black fantasy of stuff. 
Okay. A specific black fan. Not every black guy, obviously. Fantasies aren't uh, exclusive to every race, you know, or whatever. But I think there's, like, a black fantasy of, like... So, you know, like, success in sports, right? Comes with money. Comes with white women. Comes with, you know, whatever, right? You look at me like that, but that's a thing. Weird. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't like it. And... The sex is uncomfortable. There's just so much. Well, it's like, not. It's not at all titillating. No. Like, okay, the the one scene where, what's his face? Jesus. The, yeah, and Lala. Yes. Are having sex literally on a amusement park ride? Yeah. Was at least a little interesting. A little, yeah. Um, everything else was not. Everything else was just uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and. Hit the one where his dad's having sex with the prostitute. Right, right. Mila Jokic. Dear Lord. Like, he didn't even get his pants off. Yeah, it, I don't think he's even having sex with her, really. Uh, uh, I don't know what the fuck was going on with that. It was it was just not pleasant to watch. Like, we didn't need it. The whole storyline with him and the prostitute, I really don't understand. I, I don't think it was necessary. It wasn't necessary. I, like... <laughs> He's trying to save her, I guess. I don't know. He say, like maybe that's his one success story. I, maybe that's his redemption for his wife. I don't know. You could have. So here's the thing. What what bothers me about this movie? Or one one of the many things that bothers me about this movie is, like I said, and I know you don't really believe it, but I think I can sell it to you. The bones of a very good movie are here, because think about the elements that we have. We have the number one high school prospect in basketball in America. So with that is going to come uh, temptations, uh, money, uh, you know, people pulling him in lots of different directions, hangers on, the weight of the world on his shoulders, right? So there's that. There's the father in prison who killed the mom and that dynamic. Right, the dynamic mm-hmm. with the brother and the sister, and the little sister and, and the father. So there's that dynamic there. There's the girlfriend who's you know like uh, you know out for her own best interest. Right, family members out for their own best interest. There's the when you look at the dad, Denzel Washington's character. There's uh, his. Re- it could be maybe if you want to play it this way, redemption arc. You know, he wants to make up for what he did and, and, and everything, right? Um, I'm not saying as written. I'm saying just these elements, right? So you put these elements into a script, you could make a fantastic script out of this. Sure. Okay. But they didn't because... There's no, I, there's no argument yeah. there. Like, he doesn't even say he's fucking sorry. Correct. Not one time. They don't delve into it nearly enough. He should have apologized. Or there should have been tears or they should have made it. And if he wasn't willing to do that, if he was so stubbornly still believes that he was right in everything that happened, which would be awful, but it would give depth to his character. Then play that up. Right. Do something with it. I mean, like we find out the reason his kid hates him is because he killed the mom Mm -hmm. and it takes him a while to explain what happened, but they do eventually show us. Right. That he was drunk and, like, being an asshole to his kid on the basketball court. Yep. 
and then goes home and continues to be an asshole to his kid at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And then the kid's like, can I be excused? He even asks if he can be excused. Yeah. And the mom says yes, and the dad says no, and he mm-hmm. gets up to leave, and he goes and starts beating him. Yep. And mom goes to defend him, and he smacks her off of him, and she hits her head and dies. Yeah. So, okay, cold-blooded murder? No. Right. Complete fucking asshole that deserves everything he gets? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, and that's other aspects that we could play into. The problem is, like I said, it's got the bones of all this. And it, it in the bare, it, to me, in the barest, like, most surface way, it explores the pull on him uh, as far as being recruited. But in the most surface way, not in any real meaningful way, but in the most surface way and way over the top, it explores that, right? It doesn't explore the dad at all. We barely get to see the sister's point of view. There, There's so much here that they they wasted on montages and mm-hmm. how many of how many people in sports that I know can I get to be in this movie There was a scene where they get picked up from the school bus stop by some dude Yes Who the fuck was that do we even know Just like one of the big shots in the neighborhood drug dealing like kind of dude in the neighborhood who's like hey you owe me it's just another hanger on kind of guy But he's like Going through all the things that can, you know, derail him, you know, mm-hmm. drugs and pussy and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it was uncomfortable to listen to. It wasn't filmed well. It was another one of those, hey, I'm just going to show you, like, montages of bad, like, images and bad things. And <laughs> what? No, it's just used to, because it's nude flesh. And then you're like, bad images. And well, no, it's not just like nude flesh. No, but I mean, like, the drugs. I mean, like, every oh, yeah. there was a whole string of things. That- well, and the thing is, too, like, the sex is not alluring in any way either. No. Like, none of that stuff looks tempting. No. So it's like, and by the way, show that. Don't just have a dude in the car tell that. If you want your character to go through that, Show it. Well, they did kind of, but then, little, like yeah. you said, they're doing it too much. It's like, okay, then that was another scene we didn't need because he is being tempted with sex and drugs and alcohol. Right, right, right. Well, we don't see much of the drugs. Drugs, yeah. Drugs no. or alcohol. But, yeah, the sex, the sex is what gets played up during that whole middle part of the movie. The sex gets played up a yeah. lot. I guess there wasn't drugs. I don't know. I thought there was. Oh. Not from him. From his dad. You know, we you could show you could show how maybe like alcohol's not a problem for him at all because of his experience. Right. There there's so many things you could have done. But like I said, the heart of this movie is a good story told poorly. Mm-hmm. That could be told well. And it's surrounded by a bunch of shit that doesn't need to be in the movie. I don't need to see Michael Jordan say he got game. I don't need to see Dick Vitale going, he's a PTP, baby. He's a primetime player. It's like, I, I hear enough of that shit when I'm watching college basketball. I don't need to see that. That's not, that means nothing to this movie. That means nothing to the actual human story that's going on here. And none of it means anything to the human story that's going on here. And I, and if the point is supposed to be all of this stuff's artificial that's around him, it's not framed well. Yeah. 
No, it was not. It was. It was. There's not not much. Not much good with this movie. No, I, Denzel Washington's performance is good. He, you know, he. I guess he plays. Uh, I think it's. I think he's really good in this movie. Actually, um, you know, I think he plays his his character well. I don't know how his character feels about things. Well, that's the writing. I guess. I mean, but I mean he, what what. What don't you know what his character feels about? Um, does he actually feel bad about what happened with the mom? I think he does, yes. I think I think that comes through in the performance. I don't think it's anywhere on the page, but I think that comes through in the performance. I do think he feels bad, but I think he's prideful and can't say that. He cannot admit to a mistake. And I do believe he thinks that what he did, he did for the best. You know what I mean? Like, not killing her. Like, that was a tragic accident. But I do think he still thinks he's right. That he was right about disciplining the, the, his son and, and everything. I don't think he fully accepts responsibility for what he did. I think he feels bad it happened. But I don't think he fully accepts responsibility for what he did. And all of that, I mean, a lot of it's so, sort of speculation, but all of that I get from his performance. Okay. None of it's on the page. All right. I mean, I guess, I guess I can agree with you that his performance was good. But and Rosario Dawson was good in the limited screen time she had with the limited amount she had to do. She was good. Her character was pretty one dimensional. Yeah. And you know, she really didn't have anything to do about that. Uh, Ray Allen. Is a great basketball player, <laughs> right? And that's that's about all I have to say. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Allen, but uh, Mr. Allen, twenty nine to two for fifty. Um, your acting, no. And like the whole premise of the movie, mm-hmm. where the governor wants this kid to go to a certain college, so big he, state, so he l- asks the warden of the prison. To let the dad out to talk to him mm-hmm. and says he'll get him out on early parole if he can yeah. make the kid go to this school. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. That would never happen. That's ridiculous. Agreed, yes. I, I didn't like it at all. I mean, like, <laughs> I didn't like it. I, I just didn't like it. I could suspend my disbelief of that premise for a good movie. This is not a good movie. But I could suspend my disbelief of that premise if the movie was good. And the fact that he's drinking and, like, fucking a prostitute and all the the stuff he's doing while he's got the thing on his ankle and police watching him, yeah, that would not be allowed. I know. Even if they let him out. Yeah, they just, they're like, well, we, we will always have our eye on you, but it's like mostly they're just, like, jerking off at the motel right. and uh, allowing him to just roam New York. That's, That's also not how those ankle monitors work. No. <laughs> I've never had one myself, but I've known people that have, and you have to be in a certain range. Like, th- that's how they work. Yeah, or they start beeping. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. Um, but like I said, I mean, I could, I could, all of that, I could suspend my disbelief for a good movie, if that were good, but yeah. it's not. And I don't understand, just in the story, like, how the kids can tolerate him at all. Like, he killed their mother. He's an asshole. And the little girl was, like, beside herself happy to see her daddy. But here's the thing. Look at how young 
Ray Allen's character was when that happened. Uh-huh. And look at the age difference between him and his sister. Uh-huh. She was probably a baby when it happened. She doesn't remember their mom, probably. She doesn't know what happened, really. You know, like... She, I mean, like, she probably just misses her dad. You know, like, she had to have been very little when that happened. He, he's been in prison for five and a half years. So say even six years ago the mom died. She's about 12. So I would say she was probably about six. He's only been in prison for five mm-hmm. years? That's what they said? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I, I don't buy the, oh, she wasn't aware. I mean, she probably doesn't fully understand, and she probably doesn't remember much about mom. But, I mean, she recognized him right away. Yeah. So it's not like she doesn't remember them. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I'm sorry, but if my dad killed my mom and I haven't seen him in five years because he's been in prison and I see him, my, my first impulse is not going to be hug him and be like, oh, daddy. I'm tell- what, what if your mom was acting up, though? And that's, <laughs> and that's why it happens. Right. Because <laughs> she could have just sat down at that table and let him take care of business. Sure. Yeah, that that'd be a mother of the year right there. Let me look, let me watch my husband be around. beat my son. Uh, but yeah, so I got to give this a hard pass. I had high hopes for this movie. As I said, basketball is my favorite sport. Uh, I like Denzel Washington a lot. And Ray Allen, you know, I was like, I was like, I'll give it a chance, you know, like, and Spike Lee has done some good things, but this is. This is Mm-mm. a hard pass for me. Yeah, don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Well, sorry to be downers. Uh, if you liked it, I mean, lightfee1994.com. Tell, <laughs> tell us why you liked the movie. Yeah, uh, feel free to disagree. And if you hated it, you know, you can tell us why you hated it, too, if you want. Uh, but that is the episode for the week. Carol, tell people stuff. So you can write us at LateFee1994AOL.com. Uh-huh. Check out our website at www.RetroLateFee.com. He got website. And <laughs> share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.